Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We often hear about the search for life on Mars, but could we find it even further away, outside our own solar system even? Well, the answer is still a pretty big mystery. Scientists know that life needs a few key components to operate. A molecule that can store information, like DNA, a structural workhorse to do jobs and hold things together, now in us that's the role of proteins, and then something to keep it all together, like a container. We call those membranes. And a recent study from Cambridge University has shed new light on how building blocks like these might have begun to work together. Izzy Clark heard how from astrophysicist Paul Rimmer. It would be wonderful to be able to go to a particular exoplanet and actually watch this chemistry happen. Instead, we need to go into laboratories and try to reproduce the conditions, given what we know about the way that the early Earth was like, or given the way that we know about what a particular exoplanet is like, and then see what sort of chemistry we get out of that and use that as a guide to what sort of chemistry may have happened on the early Earth or may have happened or be happening right now on exoplanets. From my perspective, coming from astronomy, the light is the thing that you know the best. And so that was the thing that I wanted to concentrate on first. So talk me through it. How did you do that in your lab? So um, there's not a lot of hydrogen cyanide around us right now, but there would likely have been high concentrations of hydrogen cyanide in certain places on the early Earth. And if you have hydrogen cyanide, water, certain other chemical conditions, and light, you end up generating these building blocks of life. I took this hydrogen cyanide in a negatively charged molecule called bisulfite, and I put it in front of some UV light, and I measured how fast these react to form simple sugars. And these simple sugars go on to build up the building blocks for the information-bearing molecules, the RNA. I measured how fast that happened. It turns out that these same molecules in the dark end up very, very slowly, but they do end up getting locked into these molecules that don't get into any sort of interesting building blocks of life, and also that you can't reverse easily. You can't break these up in that same sort of environment to get back to your starting position. Basically, is what you're saying that you've got one reaction really going off if you've got these basic chemicals starting with UV light and in these dark conditions that process doesn't happen so I mean could a I don't know like a solar flare come along and almost boost those dark conditions and and make them combine again to perhaps start life formation? Yeah, in principle, that can happen. The flares need to be frequent enough, and they need to have enough of the UV light in order to push that particular reaction to allow the light chemistry to overcome the dark chemistry. And you can actually draw out the region where the light chemistry wins out over the dark chemistry. I call this the abiogenesis zone. Oh, that sounds fun. What does that mean? Yeah, so abiogenesis just means origin of life. 
And abiogenesis zone means the zone in which if the light of the star is sufficient so that if you also have the right sort of initial conditions on the surface of an exoplanet, you will get these sort of building blocks. Okay, so how is all of this research going to change the field? What implications does it have when we're sort of expanding our search for exoplanets? I think that this may change a field in a couple ways. We're still going to be interested in rocky exoplanets that are the right distance from their star to be able to have liquid water on their surfaces. But the challenge here is that the stars that produce the right kind of UV, like the sun, it's very, very hard to see planets in the habitable zone around those stars. And it's even harder to figure out what their atmospheres are made of, which is kind of a key part of figuring out if there's life on them. It's much easier to see these sorts of planets on much cooler stars that tend to be very active. They tend to flare a lot. And so it may be that their activity would help bolster that UV. And so for some of them may allow this sort of chemistry to run. So I think the next step will be really trying to understand stellar activity and find those stars that are active enough that this chemistry can go, but maybe not so active that they destroy all of the atmosphere of this planet in the habitable zone. And whether those planets exist at all is a matter of future research as well. Well, watch this space. That was Paul Rimmer from the University of Cambridge. The study he was discussing with Izzy Clark was published in the journal Science Advances.